Hello and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. We provide fan-oriented and analytic discussions on a variety of animated shows, movies, and anime, currently featuring Steven Universe, Voltron Legendary Defender, Star vs. the Forces of Evil, and Ruby. I'm Justin Cummings, and today I'm joined by Delaney Stovall. Hey, y'all. And Jeff Anderson. Howdy, howdy. Today we are continuing our discussion of Voltron Season 2. We are going through all of Season 2, two episodes of it. Two episodes at a time. Uh, we are not watching ahead. We don't know what happens beyond the episodes we're covering, so we know just as much as you do. We are covering episodes three and four today. If you missed our last episode, what? Yeah, we might we, know less than you. We might know less. <laughs> yeah, you might have already finished, and you're like these idiots. What are they doing? But if you missed the last episode, you can find that one as well as this, this episode and all our episodes at OverlyAnimated.com or by searching Overly Animated on iTunes or your favorite podcatcher, now including Stitcher. So, Jeff, you are not here for our episode one and two discussion. We got your thoughts briefly on one. Before we dive into three and four, can we get your thoughts on episode two? Well, I did enjoy it up until... Um, they sort of, oops, she's actually good. It's a weird beast thing. Let's kill it. Kind of, um, I don't know. It felt rushed. Made the, it felt rushed and it like made the whole meaning behind the episode moot. Like the episode didn't mean anything after that. I don't know. Yeah, we, we talked about that a bit in the last episode that it was definitely rushed. I think we liked it a bit more overall, but it was still pretty rushed. But it was a good episode all in all. And of course, the lady with the squid head is super attractive, and Lance is like, oh. Yeah. Sigh, Lance. <laughs> I-, I thought she was fine with the squid head. I was like, I'd date her, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I guess that, okay, that works. But I have that a makes bad it a bit better. I was not opposed. So, but we're not talking about me dating mermaids. We are talking about episodes three and four of season two of Ultron Legendary Defender. So, let's just Which go. I liked a lot more. Yeah, they were good. Let's go around the horn. Let's start with you, Jeff. We haven't heard much from you. So, what did you think of episodes three and four? Three and four? <laughs> let's, just do, let's just do three. All right. Uh, episode three, let's see. Um, I really, really like this episode. A, um, Karen's, like, um, his whole narrating of the chase was hilarious. And, oh my gosh, the um, the art direction and the animation with this newest little robeast thing... Like look kind of looks really cute, and then he saw look, then his weapon was just amazingly done. Yeah. So, um, yeah, five out of five. And and finally hearing them say Robeast was just such a great callback for old school fans of the show. Like that was just that was wonderful. Oh, I didn't know that was a, an old term. Yeah, and in the original show, that every episode they would fight a Robeast, and so to hear them actually called that now is, I know, like I barely saw the original show, and even I found that like pretty cool. Delaney, what did cool. you think about episode three? Um, I think Robies is the dumbest name ever. <sighs> like, Delaney, so, they're I mean, robot I mean, beasts. They're Robies. Like, I mean, cool throwback. That's awesome. But like, it is the dumbest name ever. I would be totally fine if they never said it again. But overall, episode I I I'm with Jeff. Loved episode three. It like it's just oh it's not it's not a location title. Delaney wasn't confused this time. Finally. Um. Yes. 
it's I think there was a lot there was a lot of interesting stuff going on in this episode. The it was a little bit funky at first because we didn't really know what was going on. You know, like are we in the past? Is it a flashback? Though I think the framing of it was really good. Shiro is hurt, and they you know kind of explain the brain waves. It makes sense. And then no, I, the the direction on the like the you know chasing um, Ulas and it's just. Granted, both of these episodes are gorgeous, and the mm-hmm. fight in this episode, I don't necessarily think it's the most exciting fight scene ever, but it's definitely, it's gorgeous. Like, it's, I mean, it's just so unbelievably beautiful. And also, we had the Vatu drop the base. Instead, instead this time it was the Robies drop the base, like, <laughs> beam, which is, we talked about that frequently in Season 2 of Korra, where it's just Vatu drop the base. Like, that's what that sound is. Yeah. So, like, it's just, like, it's so good. I just, and also, the alien key theory lives. Like, I, like, it's so real, y'all. Like, I always thought that was stupid, but it's so real. Like, I can feel Tumblr, like, rising. This has been a good string of episodes for Keith in general. I mean, definitely this one. We might talk about it a bit in four, but I think that's what I really liked about this episode was I didn't find Keith annoying. Like, he felt... Like a person. I mean, kind of quiet, but like a person. You know? I'm just afraid they're grooming him for the leadership. Yeah. I feel like um, like Padme in Episode 2 of Star Wars. Yes. Like, you've grown up. Yes. Yeah. My, I want this arc to go somewhere. Like, I really want Keith to kind of stay on this path he's on. Because, I mean, honestly, I've really enjoyed him these last couple episodes. But I'm, I'm worried, like you said, Delaney, that... They are kind of on a course for the season two finale being like the death of Shiro and Keith taking over and all that jazz. Like, let's have this, but let's not kill Shiro. I love him. Yeah. Like, save Space him. Dad. Space Dad. We need him. He's so important. He he is very important. He is wonderful. Overall, I thought it was a really good episode. Like, I thought um, we're finally getting some of the bigger lore. We're going somewhere with the show and not just, you know episode to episode, like, go help this person, go help that person. Like, we're seeing, like, an arc forming now, I think. With well, the, and payoff. Uh, we got the payoff for the traitor. Yeah. Like, oh my god, it's a plot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Was it the play of yeah, Mamora? That happened, because I rewatched the finale earlier this week. I was like, is that, like, secretly his dad or something? Right? <laughs> like, what's going on? Now we know. Secret it's... Order of Ninjas. Yes. Secret ninjas. It's it Alien honestly ninjas. the whole time I was watching it, I kept thinking the Order of the White Lotus, like the entire yeah, time. Exactly. Yeah, just was, more effective. Yeah, but yeah, good, good, good episode. I'd say, I'd say better than one and two, but so far it's been a really good season. Are, oh yeah, are we I, in I, agreement? I think it's probably. I think out of the four that we've watched so far, this one's probably the best. Though I do mm-hmm. have very many feels about episode four. But Pidge is your child, of course you do. Exactly. Like that's not a question. Yes. So let's actually go through episode three, and then we'll get into episode four. So we start off with Shiro in the, in the healing pod. We get the flashback. What, Jeff? What did you think of the flashback? Like that whole I, sequence. I was, it was good. Um, it it filled in some gaps. Um. You know, because we knew he escaped, and we knew he'd been timing, but I sort of figured he just found a way out of his cell. So now we have, you know, a bit more piece of the puzzle. Still missing a few things. Um, but, uh, and <laughs> it was, I mean, it was pretty frightening when the Gaurav, when Ulas was first like, keep him alive, I want him to feel this. It's like, oh dear. 
<laughs> yeah, that's, like, oh, that no. scene was like, um, are we still watching Voltron or? It's like, bring it on, man. Yeah. It's like, it's like, we tint, like, I tensed. <laughs> I was like, oh no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that was, that was harrowing. And then we, then we cut back. Did, was anyone else weirded out? Kind of when they, it's like they, he wakes up and then they cut to Zarkon's palace, like, immediately. Like, no, it's confused. really weird. Like, the way they cut it is really odd. I think it ends up working pretty well. It's just, like, at first, we're watching the episode. It's, it's kind of a gamble, because this is the beginning of the episode, and we didn't really get that complete, like, we saw that Pidge was there, but we didn't see them all come together. So this is kind of, it's kind of a gamble. We see them all together, they're all around Shiro, and then they he wakes up and sees all of them, but then we immediately cut. So it, it's a little weird. I think it ended up hanging off, but it was definitely a little odd, like, when in the moment. Yeah. Yeah, it felt jarring, to say the least. Uh, it worked, but it felt very jarring at first. So I was pretty disappointed that they didn't do any sort of interrogation of this Galra guy that they falsely imprisoned. Yeah. It's like, we're just going to put you in a robot. We're going to put the brain into the robot, chef. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's happens. kind of... We're going. We're definitely going this route, though. I, and maybe we're going to see more with Zarkon. I mean, there's some definitely. There's really interesting stuff with Zarkon that he was the Black Paladin, but we are. It seems we're definitely going that he's just evil. Well, at least the witch. The witch is just evil, and the druid, what the high druid priestess, whatever. What's I keep forgetting her name, but is it Hagger? Is that her name? I don't know. Something it sounds like Hana from Avatar, actually. Okay. But no, no, I mean. I, I, I just mean, like, the voice actress sounds like yeah. Hannah, but I don't know. We've, yeah, we've, I think we, we, we've talked about that before. Like, it's like, oh, God, you're scary. Yeah. So I think they're definitely going, we're definitely going this, like, and it's kind of, it's kind of uninteresting. You know, it's kind of like Ozai, you know, it's like, oh, you're just evil. Okay. Yeah. Which I think we were all kind of expecting, knowing kind of their work on Korra, expecting more of, like, a complex villain, like an Amon or a... Um, and I'm blanking on his name, third season, Korra. Zaheer. Zaheer. I think we were all expecting something more like that. And now we're just kind of getting... Uh, I'll make the comparison one more time. We're getting kind of like a Power Rangers villain, you know? He's just the big bad for the sake of the big bad. And then there's the one twist that he has a connection to the heroes. I mean... Because honestly, the twist that, like, Zarkon is a Black Paladin, it's really not that impressive. It, if you watch a lot of shows like this, the main villain frequently was good at some point. Like, that's a common trope. So they have, like, potential to do something cool with it. You know, how right. do they turn bad? But yeah, they just need to do something. It is up to them. Right. So, we, we get there, we see <coughs> the, um, we see the Roe Beast being formed, and then everyone finds out that Zarkon was the Black Paladin. I thought <gasps> everyone already yes. knew. Okay, yeah, I was like, oh, we're shocked. Also, I feel like there there wasn't a proper reaction. Except from Lance, but Lance reacts great to everything. That's true. Lance is just gold. Sweet, sweet leg. Jeff, did mm. you think they knew? Like, were you shocked? I was just like, oh, okay, I guess we... I mean, I wasn't shocked. Uh, I, I guess it was just another thing that they... I, I knew they had to talk about eventually. I thought they might have done it off-screen. But I guess they just, oh, I guess we're doing it here then. Okay. Because I know they've been pretty busy with, you know, getting lost in the wormhole and having to come back together. Right. I just really know (laughs) how much time together to talk about stuff. Then we had this great scene with uh, Shiro finding out about the coordinates and trying to convince Alora to go there. Delaney, what did you think of that whole, like, confrontation? It's definitely interesting um, because 
we it's you know Alora it's Alora's ship you know Alora has she she created the paladins essentially like as we know them now she's like brought them all together like we're doing all this but so she's like the leader but then Shiro's the leader of the of the paladins and so I think this is really the we've had there was a little bit of friction in season one between them and of course everyone ships them because if there's friction you have to ship them that's how that works oh, precisely but. This is, I mean, I was a little shocked, honestly. I mean, Allura is really aggressive in this episode, which I'm like, yes, get it, girl. Like, go, do your thing. But, um, granted, it's a little, it's a little bit off-putting. I think they played a little too much. Like, Allura's obviously wrong. I think they could have done that a little bit better. But, because, like, when they play it like that, it's, like, really irritating. But. Yeah, especially towards the end. She felt kind of, like, I guess, ungrateful. Yeah, I don't know. It's just a little. I think they're playing a little too hard. This all, you know, this, um, you know, prejudice, this, you know, this, um, you know, the anger she has for the Gaul. Granted, in her defense, they blew up for, like, they destroyed her entire civilization. Like, be mad, girl. Like, obviously. But, um, I do think it was very, this is definitely, this is way more of a confrontation than we got in season one. And I'm interested to see if this, I don't, I'm not expecting a power struggle, but I think we're going to see more of this kind of Shiro wanting to do one thing, Alora wanting to do another, and how this. And I think this could. I do think there is potential this will blow up in Shiro's face eventually. Um, not that I want it to, but I do think like we're, there's going to have to be some sort of resolution. We'll just have to see. I was definitely. I mean, that was very powerful. I think it, it played out really well. Like you know, and you know, having Shiro and Alora interact is always like great. So yeah. So then oh, she does eventually agree though, and they do go and they get to the. Uh... Like the minefield, the what was it called oh. again? Like the terrac, oh. not terracian, but the the fancy Powder. crystal mine things. And then they have the intruder. It turns out to be him. What? Come on, we all knew it was gonna be that guy. Like we all knew it was gonna be Ulos. I thought it was gonna be some another addition to the crew because it looked it, it looks small enough on on camera to be their age. It's like ooh, yeah. cool, another person on the team. And then they started fighting, and he turned out to be non, you know, humanoid. I mean, humanoid, but like definitely not a paladin. Obviously, alien. Yes. And then it's oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, not a human. Right. So, what did you guys think? We agree that fight scene was like the highlight, not the highlight of the episode, but it was it was a good moment for the show. Karen, Karen stole the show. No, Karen. Like, even I typically get annoyed with him occasionally. But this was, I, it was really funny, and like, I don't know, they just played it for straight, like, no one was like, cut it out, Karan, like, they just let him do it, and that was really good. I think that's probably the best part of it, was they just did it, and there was no, like, commentary from the Paladins, it was just Karan narrating it, it was really good. Right, it made, like, a good fight sequence into something, like, really, really memorable. So, they reveal through loss, and... Then they explain the whole, the resistance and fighting the Galra. Jeff, did you expect there to be, like, some kind of a rebellion at all in the um, Galra? I, well, obviously, because as as of the flashback, I was like, okay, there's more than one Galra who is sympathetic to the cause. I had no idea they were actually organized, though, because that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I, so, I love that. So, it was, yeah, when they started the... saying, you're, you're hero to us or to we, or he used some plural nouns, like, ooh. There's more. Uh-huh. And it and it relates back to um oh I can't remember the episode but when you know Shiro he's like the ch- no when he was like the champion yeah you know, when he had been when he was a gladiator for the Galra so this is some interesting payoff and like because at first we're like okay this is cool are they ever going to explain this like good job you're explaining things yes my mm-hmm. my, my favorite note I took for the entire episode is Paige's hype on science yeah 
when she just gets the stars in her eyes. That was a beautiful moment. She just wanted the science. Mm. And um, we had we actually got a lot of sciencey stuff because they did actually explain. I mean, somewhat they explained how the pocket dimension worked and all that jazz. I'm pretty sure that's not actually how pocket dimensions work. I think you need more than like gravity generators to create a it's whole all, space. It's all time. made up. I get so hyped about space time though. Like we mentioned space, like there's like space time got mentioned. Oh God, never mind. I can't say that. Anyway, moving forward. Actually, I I think I know what you're talking about. Don't I? Anyway. Yeah, no, I can't. I'm not going to say that, but I love it when space time gets mentioned in my favorite shows. It's so exciting. Oh, like, yes. Oh, go on. No, you go ahead, Jeff. Oh, I didn't mean to cut you off. Anyways. Um, (coughs) wormholes are theoretical and the only reason the only way they work is through exotic matter which is a type of matter that has negative gravity which we don't think can exist which is why it's called exotic but there's where you get gravity generators and stuff tying in i like having you here it it makes stuff more (laughs) sciencey you're you're sciencey i like that we need that because delaney and i don't know science well my thesis is on these is actually on these theoretical but oh, it's more the science fiction Then I, bits, then I apologize. I, <laughs> no, space time's good stuff. And, like, gravity stuff. Like, obviously, we're dealing with a sci-fi show and lions that turn into a giant robot, so... Five lion bots come together to form one super robot is the premise of this show, and that was a beautiful Deadpool reference, and I'm mad no one's applauding me for it. But Sorry, didn't way, see it. There's so much dead air now. Oh my goodness, Dylan's gonna kill me. So either way... We get questions about the order and the blade itself, which had we seen the dagger beforehand? I don't I, think so, but I don't remember. I mean, we we saw it in the chase. Yes. Yeah, no, I mean okay. um I mean like Keith uh Keith's dagger. Like had we oh, seen that oh, before this, this episode? Like, oh, like the very end? No. Well, yeah. No. Yeah, I was going to talk that about was the like, blade while we're here. What? Yeah. Which I thought was kind of out of place, like for him to ask that when they're talking about the gravity generator. He's like Oh, by the way, what's that dagger you have there? I'm like, he's an alien, he has daggers, like, what's the deal? I mean, it turned out to be, you know, the only chance they got to talk to him, so I'm glad he did, but yeah. it did yeah, feel it, a little yeah. bit. I felt out of place, and I'm glad they tied it back to something real. Well, I kind of like that it's out of place that, like, we're highlighting this. Like, this is clearly going to be a thing. Because, like, sometimes I like really, like, granted, this is also I'm just bitter about what they do in Ruby a lot, but where there's, like... We're going to be really vague and not tell you anything, so who knows if anything's important. So I kind of appreciate this, like, spotlight on Keith. He's an alien, maybe. Like, that stuff. That's good. Like, yes. He has had some previous interaction with Galra Tech, at least, is what we have seen. Or at least a resistance. He himself may not be an alien, but there's something. And he kept that thing on him when he left Earth, abruptly. Yeah. Yeah, and that Uh, And there was that, um, when they were... They were like in a Galra facility, and like there was like when they were they're harvesting that energy, right? And he got hit. Mm-hmm. Like so, maybe the, like mm-hmm. maybe we'll go back to that too. Like there's just a lot of Galra stuff going on. So then we get to the wonderful fight with the Ro Beast, and yes, that's what it's called. Delaney and I will keep saying uh-huh. Ro Beast in ad nauseum. So, I, I don't I don't I don't care much for the name particularly, but I'm glad there is one because these things right. are all like Legend of Zelda bosses. Mm-hmm. Like they, yeah. they all have their little shtick, little pattern, and you know, the 
Zarkon, or the Garrod's hoping maybe this one will be, take down that lion. He's so versatile, and all we can go up with are these suit patterns. But I mean, it was very well done. It's Actually, like when you get the Voltron video game. It'll be like, oh, I know how to beat this one. Yeah, right, left, right, maybe. Right, yeah. Which hopefully will be better than the core game. Yeah. Which it was. I just had the random thought, like, you know, so far, all these whole um, aliens, or the, the Robies, they all have a distinctive look, and they actually look kind of similar to the person who's put inside it. Mm-hmm. Right? So I'm thinking the the Druze are like, okay, we built this awesome beast, let's go find someone who looks like it so we can go put him in. And like, him, Lord Zarkon, declare him a traitor, we can use him. He's perfect. He's he gorgeous. Put him in the... <laughs> behind the perfect Golra. All exactly. are safe and warm here. <laughs> yeah. Um, this reminds me of a... Oh, sorry. Go on. Well, I was just going to, for the fight, I don't know if anyone else, like, had this feeling, but for me, this was the first fight, like, seeing this Robeast, that, like, I understand it's a giant robot, but this is the first time I actually felt, like, the true scale of how ridiculously large Voltron is. Yeah. Because, like, he, okay, so I'm just making sure I'm not, you know, crazy, but, so... You know, there was the station, right, that they were at, and then he, like, was piloting it away, and then he literally flew it straight into the Roby's mouth. Like, how big are these things? Well, it looked like the Roby's mouth opened, like, wider, but definitely, they're they're big. Like, like that was, like, the first time I was like, oh, this is, like, ridiculous. You're watching a show about magical space tech lions. Yes, it's ridiculous. I just hadn't had, like, that sense of, like, how big it was. Yeah, I guess I got confused, too, because I thought when he flew off, I thought that was, like, a shuttle detached from the ship. I didn't realize right. that was the actual station. So, oh. No, he, huh. he threw the whole station. He does put it back to the perspective. So, yeah. So, yeah, we had the great fight. Massive space explosions. I, I am glad that it was just a communication station. They're like, It's not like, oh, crap, you just let him right to the main base. Thanks a lot. Yeah. yeah. They're actually smart about it. And, and they said, like, Hey, here's the coordinates. Do not go there until you, you know you're not track. being tracked. Like, thank you, thank you, thank you. So yeah, that when Ulos actually sacrificed himself, like that was a surprisingly sad moment. Like this show has not pulled punches this season as far as emotions go. Like between the last episode and this one, well, they just, just like, straight up killed him. There's like death everywhere. Like, he Which, just died. Yeah. I thought he died in the explosion in the very first of the episode, and when he said, I must disappear, that was sort of a euphemism for I must go die. Okay, so that's fair. I was, I was glad that he didn't die, and then it's like, oh, great, now he just died. Oh, Fuck. he died for real this time. Yeah. We think. He could be in a pocket dimension, we don't know. Yeah, personal... Yeah, I guess that's true. In, eternal battle with the Rogue Beast. It's kind of like in, um... Oh, why well, can't... Um, never mind, I can't remember the name of the Marvel movie. There's only so many Marvel movies. Oh, Ant-Man. Ant-Man, yes. That Where one. he's like, infinitely shrinking into the subspace. Yeah, that scene. Yeah. Good movie. That's um, what it is. Oh, another awesome visual in this show was when they actually entered the pocket dimension, or whatever yeah, it was. Oh my god, yeah. that was so pretty. Rainbows. Oh, yes. like, I want that to just... I mean, I don't know, the background of my laptop has been Korosami forever, and I'm probably never going to change it, but that is so pretty, like, I thought about it. Mm-hmm. It's so pretty. Oh, just... 
honestly, this season is just, it's so beautiful. It's just so gorgeous. Like, that's just what's so, that's what's so great about this show. It's like, honestly, I mean, I care what's happening, but I mean, as long as it looks pretty, that's like 75% of the battle, honestly. Yeah. This is one of the best looking <laughs> shows out there, honestly. Like, if not the best. Well, I mean, right. I mean, it's show. just, I mean, it's really the only successor to Korra. I mean, literally, it's the same people, but it's also like nothing out there is like, you know, Korra, I mean, you know, one of the, it, one of the, if not mo- the most, like, gorgeous animated series of, like, all time. And then we have Voltron, so, like, pretty. Just so pretty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, to go right from that scene of, like, Ulos dying to Allura being like, well, he was a Gara. He, we knew, I knew we couldn't trust him. Like, that was so jarring to me. That whole, like, honestly, like, that made me mad at Allura. Did you guys feel that way at all, or? Yeah, it's like, I know you're upset, but... <laughs> So, no, you're wrong. Oh. I mean, I feel like we're, I'm hoping we're going more toward, you know, doing more with it, like, kind of maybe exploring this a little bit more. It's just, it, it gets a little irritating, like, for me it's irritating because this is kind of what happened in season two of Korra, where everyone was like, Korra is such a, ooh, like, Korra can have feelings, and it's kind of like, especially when there's a show with, like, it's mainly it's mainly dudes, and then like we got to do this with Alora. Like, come on, y'all. But we'll see. Like, I'm not. Well, I'm I'm sure I'm sure we'll go more with it. Yeah. It's just like it's really irritating when it's like, especially because it's Alora. But we'll see where we're going. Yeah, hopefully there's some development there <laughs> relatively soon. But not in episode four because we already talked about Keith's Blade. So we're gonna go straight to episode four. Greening the Cube, another non-location title for Delaney's sake. It's kind of a dumb title. It's a terrible title. Like, can okay. we, this is, like, this <laughs> is an awful. awful title. I'm I sorry, it was but like, it's gonna be like a challenge, like you know, making the Kessel Run, greening the cube, whatever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like that. Threading so, the needle. So, overall thoughts though on this episode. Let's start with Delaney this time. Um. Okay. It's my child. I love Pidge. Pidge doing anything is the best thing ever. And there's really, oh, I mean, I want to talk, we'll talk about this more, but the tech with the nature and so cool. I, took, I took a class, um, la- like last year and it's like art and math together. And, you know, we talked about fractals and there's like literally a fractal in this episode. And I was like, oh, and it was just like, I just really loved it. And like boiling down, like they were talking, I'm sure Jeff enjoyed this. It's like, they were talking about, you know, we're all made of the same stuff and it's all like bound together by math. So, like, it's all just really good. Like, I just love that. And also, like, and also exploring, it's, you know, that's really interesting um, dynamic we have with Pidge and the Green Lion. The Green Lion is the, you know, the nature lion and, you know, it gets stronger, like, you know, in the forest and stuff like that. And having, also, we unlock Pidge's secret power, you know, the Green Lion's secret power, which is the best thing ever. I love that. Yes. And just exploring this dynamic, you know, Pidge is techie and then, you know, kind of merging this with the Green Lion. So it's, I just love that. It's really neat. It's really different. It's, I mean, it's a little jarring. It doesn't really fit together necessarily, but they do a really good job, I feel like, exploring it and bringing it together. And I just, I really like this episode. I do think episode three is better than this episode overall, but Pidge is my child, and this episode was great. Agreed. Jeff, what did you think about this one, <laughs> Greening the Cube? I thought it was going to go in a very different direction, which I was not a fan of. At first, um, the moment they said 
oh, this distress beacon is not coming from the techno-advanced city. It's coming from the forest. I was like, oh, great. So we're going to oh. have a, a nature versus tech you know, battle where Paige is like, oh, come on, forest people. Let them bulldoze your forest because progress. And then the forest people are like, no, our homes. And Paige finally comes around and defends them. And then we have world peace at the end. But no, didn't get that. And it turned out to be very, very good, except for the very end where I'm still just a little bit confused on how Pidge's new um, super weapon works. And yeah, that's that, nature that, bomb. Yeah, so that, that confusion just keeps the episode from being really great, but it was still really, really good. It just seemed very um, situation-specific. Situation exactly. And, like, what is it? Is it, like, does it – did it reprogram the cubes to grow vines over themselves, or did it, like, make vines grow? That's a – not a super useful skill, usually. I yeah, can make we'll vines grow everywhere. Like, we'll have to see where, where we're going with it. Like, if, we'll have to see it again, because, like, you know, Honk has the giant gun, and the, which obviously that's applicable to many situations. Lance had the sonic, you know, the sonic boom, and there's, like, um, well, Keith has the sword, I don't, like, and the lava, and then, you know, like, all these things, like, Oh, well, they come in handy in this particular situation, but it's clearly applicable to, like, all of, other, you know, a bunch of other situations. But it seems, like, oddly specific. I was also confused. So I'm hoping we'll see it again soon, but I, I don't, like... I anticipate a vine whip, like, as Voltron. I, I think that would make mm. sense, because Pidge is the hand, and I think, like, if they're gonna, if you're gonna okay. do something with it, I, I expect, like, a whip. Which... Okay, that would make sense. Would be cool. We don't see enough mechs using whips, honestly. Chainsaw whip. Yes. Yes. I don't know why, but yes. Just okay, well, more like a like cat of nine tails kind of thing, maybe. There you go. There <laughs> cat you go. of nine tails. Uh, exactly. Oh, uh, that has uh, line. Has line of nine tails. Faded. There we go. More like a mercat of nine tails. Mercat oh. was so good. This episode had a lot of stuff that I, I, I figured you people would like based on my uh, based on my outline. It, it's like literally everything we talked about last episode. Wanting more of was in this episode. So, oh, also, they mentioned the Turing test, and I freaked out. We're getting there. We're getting there, Delaney. That's Jeff's point. Your point's later in the episode. I have this worked out. Don't worry. So let's start going through the episode. We start with the squishy asteroid fight, which I love this scene so much. I do. It, they're it's just like having the Skittles. Fun. Exactly. It's, it's needless, but it's so good. Like, it actually benefits the plot more than the Skittles, because it's some kind of spore... And then they find out about the code, and what seemed like a stupid snowball fight actually turned out to be, like, the main plot of the episode. Uh, what did you think about that, Jeff? Like, the fact, like, with the code and the spores and all that? I thought, <clears throat> I thought the, uh, specifically with the, the Turing test, or just the, the uh, right now, just, yeah, let's go ahead and get so, to that. The Turing well, test Well, okay, as well. so I thought, I thought it was, it was a good, light-hearted scene. Like, Chiro's being all, like... Come on, guys, cut it off. And then he's like, oh, okay, now it's on. It's, it, it was really good to, to watch that happen. Um, and then, then they get to how you extract the code from the spores. And now, um, so Turing test is, is a concept come up with by Alan Turing. Uh, they mentioned Turing machines, mm -hmm. which is the theoretical lowest common denominator, like the simplest kind of machine you can have. And what it is is... It's an infinite series of tape, and each tape can have a symbol on it. And then you have a reader which can read a symbol, and based on that, move the tape, you know, to a different position, or write a symbol, or erase it, or whatever. And as simple as that 
um, concept sounds. Um, it basically can be used to simulate anything that a programming language can do. So you have this term called Turing complete, which is um, basically if, it, if a programming language is Turing complete, then it can be reduced to this um, tape simulator thing. Right. And if you have multiple Turing complete languages, it means that one of them can do anything that the others can do. So there's a programming language called the tech, which is used in uh, mostly in, in academia and math to write up um, publishable documents. Like you write code and it, it typesets it, it makes it look all pretty at Wikipedia. But that language actually is Turing complete, which means you could theoretically write an operating system in the tech or a web server. It's ridiculous, but it's fun little thing. So when they said I loaded it into a virtual Turing machine, um, it's cool that they used the correct term. I could have probably come up with a couple of more applicable ones when you're dealing with signal processing or, or language derivation like a restricted Boltzmann machine or finite state machine, but but it was it was still cool. Yeah, we talked a lot about um we talked about on the last podcast about wanting like more Earth tech to pop up. I know um you had mentioned in your notes to Delaney about wanting to see the Voyager one pop up and um. I thought, yeah, getting to actually talk about Turing and um, some Earth history uh, was a really cool tie into, like, yeah, this is a sci-fi show, but they're still from Earth. And I thought that was that was pretty cool. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, go to Lee. Well, it's also that, you know, have a sci-fi show, and we actually have, like, this hacker, you know, tech-savvy character to actually talk about something that is, like, actually real. And like have it applied is really cool, and also you know, oh, this will stand the test of time. Which, I'll, but like a lot of things that Alan Turing did has like you know has still you know it's very applicable to right now. And like he was doing stuff, and it was the fifties, right? Right. It's like ridiculous. So it's just really cool for that to like to have that in mm-hmm. the, you know in a science fiction show. Like we you know we don't really get stuff like that you know in Doctor Who or. Um, I mean, of course, Star Wars literally happens in like a different, you know, galaxy. Well, but, no, you know, it was it's just really a long time have... ago in a galaxy far, far. Oh, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. It's just the past in a galaxy far, far away. But but we skipped over. I actually wrote down a note just for you, Delaney. More arm leg, which to explain to our new listeners, yes. arm leg is Delaney's wonderful name for Keith and Lance shipping because arm and leg, you know, arm leg, the blue lion stealing line. What did you think of that, Delaney? That was right up your alley. Well, all, I mean, any arm leg is just the best. And it was like, there, I mean, there was multiple moments, really, this, you know, like, oh, thanks, Keith. And then also, like, I, you know, I don't normally agree with Keith, but... Yeah, that was great. Actually, that might have been more in episode three, but they all yeah. blur together. We watched both of them. I don't know. But, but the Blue Lion and I are very happy together. That was just such a oh, yeah. wonderful moment. Oh, my gosh. I love like, that so much. So good. Also, like, he's in his robe and has his face mask, and he's like, oh, it's like, he's like, Keith, are you, like, are you trying to home wreck me and my lion? Like, bro, chill. That was really One of funny. my favorite lines was like, don't you, oh, I didn't mean me. Yes, that was so good. That was amazing. Like, I didn't think it was going to stop. Like, he just kept going. It was amazing. We gotta give credit, Jeremy Shaddai. He's just a great voice actor. He he kills it on Adventure Time. He's killing it here. They they got a great cast for this show in general, but he has just really stood out. Like Lance's dialogue is just amazing. Which part of that goes to the writer, but part of it also delivery is just always spot on. So they get to 
Yeah, they get to the planet, which I was really happy to see kind of the balance, like you said, Jeff, of not having, like, the war between the forest and the city, but actually, like, combining them and having them be refugees from the city. I thought that was a really cool angle mm-hmm. to take. They get dragged down, and then the one part I knew Delaney would freak out about was Decaphebes. Like, yes, <clears throat> thank you. Like, made-up units are just my thing. Like, that's so good. I just... I- love them like that's just like i'm really interested in units in general like my girlfriend i think yeah today was like what are stones like she was reading something and i was like oh no blah 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 blah. she's like what i just it's so good and then to have made up sci-fi units are just that's good stuff i I know you're a fan of that and i heard that i'm like we have to talk about deca phoebes like and then like it's deca so like what is a phoebe so this is like it's bigger than a like i need to know it's I'm pre- see originally when I started with the Deca, I expected decade. Like I said, three Deca Phoebes. I'm like, okay, three decades, thirty years, and then they go Phoebes, and I'm like, is it even longer? We just don't know. But see, it also makes me think that it's like it's shorter because I mean, how long could the king have really been gone? Yeah, that's fair. Like we don't know how like it could and be also three they- months. And if they measure it on like their orbit or not, or who knows? But all we know is Decaphebes is oh, also in the beginning. Yes. And in, in the beginning of the episode, where they're like trying to fix whatever, like they're making the repairs on the ship, and like they're just spouting nonsense, like "Oh no, it's the blah blah blah," like the <laughs> like whatever crying, like that was so good. I I was loving that. Let's and then of course Pitch figured out because my child is a genius. But I just that was so good. I literally like, wrote was, space tech is hard. Yes. That was just really great. Like, I just, I live for that nonsense. I mean, we said Quiznack again. Yes. What's a Quiznack mm. again? It's a Vanderplorp. <laughs> I will kick you off my podcast. It's, like, not good. I don't know. That's, what, that's what's so good. Like, we're going to have, like, like, these are the things fanfic writers, like, live for. It's, like, these ridiculous details. It's so good. Like, it really helps the immersiveness true i i know i have i live near a few uh star wars fans and i've walked in on three hour conversations about different vehicles and which one's faster and building like star wars or it, it if the show ever reaches anywhere near that level it'll be ridiculous but yeah that fans eat that stuff up so i'm glad to see a little bit of world building here with the units and then mm. we find out like the galra have the leader and um, we get ready for the battle. We see all the tree weapons. What do you think, Delaney, of like the tree tech? Well, it's this interesting, you know, you know, kind of going off what Jeff said about, you know, what what he was kind of afraid it was going to turn into. We definitely avoided that. Oh, our technology's gone. We don't know how to do anything. Blah, 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 blah. Like, we didn't have that nonsense either. Like they were like, oh no, we got this. We're just going to use nature because we're awesome and nature's awesome. So. Like, it was really, like, visually, it was awesome. Like, we have, like, it's like oh, an yeah. acorn or something in the tree, and it drops into this mech. Like, it's ridiculous, and I love it. Also, like, we have, like, the circuit tree kind of glowing in the trees. Very, it's kind of Avatar, like, Avatar-ish. The whole episode um, gave me kind of a Spirit oh. Swamp vibe. You yes. know what? No, yeah, a, a much better title for this episode would have been Pants are an Illusion. Get it? Pan- and so is Death. It's the guy. Yes. Yes, it is him. Yes. You're right. Like it's just. Anyway. Also, um, just an interesting note. Like it's we have this engineering civilization, which is kind of an interesting concept. 
you know, this like one civilization just built around, you know, engineering, which, and then, but they have a king. Right. But he's like the head engineer. I don't know. It's kind of neat. Like, like hey, how do you. A technocracy or yes. a, whatever. Meritocracy. And they've like, I, th- I think technocracy is correct. Who least, determined like, the technocracy? When has this come up that it has been established that technocracy is correct? Well, I think, I mean, I've heard, I believe I've heard that term before. And at least, I mean, science, like, also these things can also, like, come up in, like, fiction and become a word. Well, true, but what? But the thing is, they've also, they deified the king, too. Like, they at first I thought it was, like, their god. They kept, yeah. like, praise him, like, that kind of stuff. Hmm. I thought at least the king was dead, maybe, and like he was right, like yeah. a dead king they respected. But no, they were like, "We have to rescue him." I was like, "Wait, well, hold up, what? He's your king, and he's not a god, and he's not dead." Okay. Oh, I thought we were just going on like a soul-searching mission. We we're gonna go find the god of the engineering people and just go completely in a different direction. But no, we just find the fat, happy king in the palace. Yep. That actually did surprise me, and I'm, I'm I always love things that surprise me, and that was a curveball. It's like, whoa, interesting. So that was all fake. Him on the screen. Yeah. I kind of, like, anticipated it a little, like, right before. Like, I was like, wait a minute. Because it seemed to let me... And also, like... And when they first did the screen, I was like, are they going to kill him? I'm like, well, at first when they were when they did it, I thought they were going to, like, kill some of, like... The, um, like, some of the people. Like, they were just going to, like, take out, like, a whole section of them. Or something. Which I'm glad they didn't do that because like that's traumatic. Don't do that. <laughs> but mm. they had the screen, so I mean it's kind of like they kept him alive, which is interesting. Like, mm-hmm. and that also ties into like this kind of DFI. Like they're motivated to serve. Like they're doing this so they don't kill him. Yeah, it's neat. Like it was, it was definitely interesting. Mm-hmm. A little bit of a flashback, or yeah, a little bit based back. But speaking of like great visuals from this episode, that uh, the scene of them dropping from the guy into the tower from yes. far back. Love that. Very excellent stuff. Also the cube. Yeah, the like, cube was weird. I liked the cube, but the cube was kind of strange. What did you I think of it? was like, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I what like, did you think of the cube? You gotta, gotta give more firepower. No, you don't. <laughs> you dingus. Yeah, no, stop. Like, listen to Pidge. Just shut up and listen to Pidge. I, I did wish that they... I mean, usually they're very sensible on this show, but when they... Um, when they were going on about like, oh, that's a cube. I guess they're weaponizing it. Is no one gonna ask what Thorfinn does? Cause yeah, like, I don't know, I don't know why they don't want to know. Also, it was really confusing. Like, I understood like you know when they kind of they when they actually explained it, but so you know, Cran has that toy like the little Echo Cube, which mm-hmm. they didn't literally like. Okay, I, like I'm an idiot. And I could have figured out it was an Echo Cube. But I don't remember them. They didn't really call it an Echo Cube until the end. So. And then, like, there's a big one. I was like, is it a... At first, I was like, is it a joke? Like, is it actually a toy? And they're just, like, messing with him? Yeah, I thought, like, maybe, like, a sonic weapon? Like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it made sense after it started throwing stuff back at him, which... Right. Again, the the sound design for um, the weapons, especially, like, whatever... um, Hunk's cannon has a really satisfying gong Mm -hmm. to it. Yes. Gong, you know, it's, it's much like Vatu's bass. But yeah, it's a great cannon. I love it. Giant lasers just need to have good sounds. Yeah, I did wish that um, those plant mechs had played more of a role because I I believe all all they did we we saw a few like still 
screens of them fighting, and then they also provided transportation earlier in the episode, but that's about all they did. I wish they'd done yeah. more. That was a little cool. Yeah. Also, like, um, oh. I don't know if anyone noticed, uh, right? I might be wrong, but when they made the, you know, when they made the gun, like they were showing them how they do like the plant stuff, and they made the gun, like that looks like a Galra gun, right? Hmm. Yeah, it's kind of shaped like it, just organically. Yeah, like, I don't know if like that. I mean, Garen, that could also just be like literally a coincidence. Like these are what space guns look like. But well, but considering how far reaching the Galra Empire is, I mean, I'm sure it's kind of like a pretty standard gun at this point in the galaxy. That's fair. It's like or, a Glock. It's a space Glock. Yeah, or or, or plot twist. Um, these uh these plant engineers are capitalist. You know. Um, taking advantage of the situation that they've been selling their tech to the Galra Empire yeah. for years. And then they wanted a bigger slice of the pie, and the Galra were like, no, we're actually just going to take you over. That makes sense. That would, yep, that would make sense. Hmm. We'll never know. Or will we? Or will we? They, they might just. That'd be cool. Be like the mechanist. Also, we kind of went from this, um, we're liberating planets and making the, and we're, I don't know, like, like, they were making the alliance, you know, in season one, like, will you join us? But mm. then it kind of definitely turned more into, like, there is going to be a war. Can we count on you to fight? Like, I don't know. Do you, like, I don't know. There was, like, a tone shift. It seemed more urgent. It? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm very it's, – it's cool. They, they really have a lot of free hand to do some cool things now that they have these awesome engineers, you know, yeah. on the good side. I just hope that they don't overdo it and make it too OP or too out there. Right. Right. Yeah. They they need to kind of like, I think it needs to be kind of like an avatar. It's like grab all our allies and then at something like the day of Black Sun, then we're gonna start busting out. All I was the actually cool stuff. just thinking about that. Yeah, like those like the perfect moment. submarines are were a little bit too convenient, but something along the right path. Yeah, like that. Yeah. So Paige finally gets her power with divines. We still have no clue what it does. I literally wrote the cubes get natured. Which is the only way to yes. ac- adequately describe that. And then we just get a giant It, looked, it looked like the vines were like made of the same material, or at least they were the same color, so I was like yeah. really confused. And then out of nowhere, it's just like the episode's over and Galra fleet. Just... Yeah, no, that was like, oh god. Um, I do Very... like, I. Sorry? Uh, I just, I just, I really liked the, you know, we kind of just skipped over a little bit where, you know, Pidge bonded with, you know, became like even more bonded to the the green lion and i really just like i don't know i just love that visual and it's just really great yeah, that's and i was like my child great. so proud like, it, it's just it was good, good stuff. That, yeah and now he's far more agile with it i really like that yes like, oh this actually means something going forward you know we can have some, some status quo change after good this stuff. and maybe more and pitch can add more because Pidge has been tinkering with the Green Lion, so what's Pidge going to do next? Mm. Oh, yeah, now he can do everything he wants to do. It'll be great. Can't wait to see what. And maybe tinker with the secret power. Maybe we'll see more of... Maybe we'll see more of... That'd be really cool if we could see the nature gun and we kind of fight the fleet. Unless, I don't know if we are going to fight the fleet. Maybe we run away or we negotiate. Who knows? But I just imagine no it, like, hurling high-end, giant, like, redwoods just right out of it. But yes. this was the one time I was mad that we weren't allowed to watch ahead of the podcast because I'm like, I Same. have to stop right now with a giant fleet approaching. Are you no, serious? I had that Which, too. I was like, and that was it. very, I, I've got to give kudos to whoever's in charge of fleet deployment with Zarkon because <laughs> yes. it's a very attractive looking fleet layout. Very nice. 
Oh, no, it was like, I'm like, I was very, I, I felt like we were staring down the Empire. Yeah, it felt very, very Star Wars. It was, well, it's, I mean, I feel like it's like, it, it had to be at least been inspired by when, you know, they appear to get, you know, um, the plans, like, boom. <laughs> like, definitely, that was like the most Star Wars, let's be honest. Hmm. Yeah. It was really good. Like, you know, the Empire just appears, you know, they're out of hyperdrive and it's like right there. That was Very really good. good stuff. And that's episode three and four. You guys got any final thoughts before we wrap this up? The season well, is getting really good. Yeah. Yeah, they're really picking it up. There's one thing I, I forgot to mention when we're talking about episode three, mm-hmm. the, the Robies thing. Um, that's actually a pretty easy name to remember. I always forget names in this show, but Robies, I can remember that. Um, yeah. There was a, uh, a short story I read today that sort of applies to the Robies, it's kind of interesting how um, these aliens show up to Earth to present day and they've mastered like gravitational lensing or whatever. So they can they can go through hyperspace and they can pull off crazy maneuvers because they don't have to deal with, you know, momentum or whatever. But aside from that, they're primitive. Like they look through like telescopes. They don't have radio, electricity and nothing. And uh, it's just because we made two different paths. You know, we we went through. We, we developed all these war machines and they developed space flight or trans flight and didn't do anything else with it. So in a similar vein, I feel like if we had enough technological advancement to match the Gaura Empire, we would be far better at building AI than they would. And so they, they dabbled in it, I feel like. All, all their centuries are obviously AI, but they're not very good. But whenever they need a, a robeast, it seems like their pattern is to find some guy and take his intelligence and shove it into the machine like oh who needs good programming we'll just give him someone's actual brain so and it's like magic too kind of it is magic yeah so it feels like the witches are like oh we don't need those programmers just do it our own way but i think it could, it could be done better but not 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 from the show the show's doing it fine i just feel like if if we were in that situation we could we i think we have already um put in a lot more work to build AI out. Well, there's just, like, so much interesting stuff going on. Like, we have, like, you know, futuristic technology, you know, a pitch, we have, like, this nature stuff going on, and then we also have, like, actual magic. Mm-hmm. Right. It's an interesting mix. Yeah. Which maybe they'll, they'll, they'll close the gap in the sort of, like, Thor style, and, oh, it's not actually magic, you know. Well, they've kind of done that a little bit, kind of like the lions. Like, they're just, like, this, like, amazing Altaian technology, but then it's like, you're a magical lion. Mm. Robot. <laughs> like, yeah, what? I gotta figure out, like, what, what part of it is mechanical and what part is not. Right. And they've kind of mentioned the lions kind of having, like, souls. Like, you have to bond with the lion. Like, they have their own consciousness. Consciousness. Yeah, so how much of that is programming and how much is actual mystery right. stuff? Cool so, stuff. So that's episodes three and four. We'll be back soon with episodes five and six. Um, we're going to be covering all of the season over the next few days, so stay tuned. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, you can support us via Patreon at patreon.com slash overlyanimated. Thanks to all our current patrons, patrons, but especially our patron of the podcast, John, a.k.a. Johnny Bravo. You can sign up on Patreon to get access to our Facebook page, our, our, our exclusive Facebook patron group, sorry, you get all kinds of cool stuff. You can read all of that at patreon.com slash overly animated and we'll be back shortly. Thank you everyone for listening and have a great day.
Bye. Bye. Shona.